0: When I worked for Ed Orgeron, Monday was about the truth. Well, today, Monday is going to be about the truth, and I'm going to tell you what we learned from the loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Also, the Rebels play the LSU Tigers Saturday at 5 Central. Will Lane Kiffin be able to bounce back from a disappointing effort at Alabama? Catch every play on the Rebels Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on channel 191 or on the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And honestly, we have a lot of stuff to get into because there's a lot of stuff to unpack from what happened over the last 48 hours or so. We went into this game thinking that Ole Miss had a legit chance to win the game. That is what we talked about all last week. And we're going to go over that in just a second. And as the game happened, it unfolded to where Ole Miss had a chance to win the game. In the first half of the game, Ole Miss was the better team. Period. But missed opportunities, poor play calling. How do you have Quinshawn Judkins and you have no runs in the second quarter or something like that? And Incomplete pass. Incomplete pass. Ole Miss had three possessions that about accounted for a total of about one minute of time in possession. That allowed Alabama to stay in the game. That allowed the Ole Miss defense, which played phenomenally during the game. Everything needs to be given to Pete Golding, and he needs to sit back and go, see, I told you, we have good players. We don't have great players. We have a great player. We'll talk about that in a second segment. We have somebody that's going to be very special. but. This isn't on us. You have offense that completely did not show up. This is from a supposed offensive guru. Now, granted, Alabama has 78 or something like that blue chip players. That's four or five star players. There's like 78 of them on that roster. They don't have a Bryce Young, but they're still good. It's not like we're playing Auburn. You know, this was a game that Ole Miss was an underdog going into. Alabama was a seven-point favorite. Um, they had a sixty percent, sixty-six percent probability of winning the game. It was going to be a tough challenge, and I said all last week that if Alabama's four and five stars show up and play like four and five stars, it was going to be a hard get road to hoe for the Ole Miss Rebels. My prediction going into the game, super homer prediction, is in the name of the podcast. It's the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. If you were expecting something else you're in the wrong place. But I had Ole Miss winning 27 to 21. And honestly, I was pretty close to nailing the Alabama score. Um, It was the Ole Miss offense and the lack of production on that side of the ball that kind of did me in. Now, when we're talking about what to watch for in this game, it's like Ole Miss getting its weapons back on offense. What is the expectation? We thought that it was going to be Zachary Franklin and Caden Prescorn playing a good bit. Trey Harris playing a little bit, and that that came to fruition. Zachary Franklin had a catch in the game. He is going to be fine. As the season goes on, he is going to get better and better and better. He wasn't quite there, but early in the game, Bama didn't know that, and that allowed Dayton Wade to get open on some deep routes, some deep over routes and things like that. Defense is doing well in the red zone. How can it grow? Um, yes, defense in the red zone was fantastic in the Alabama game. It was one of the bright spots of the game. They had a fantastic plan, Pete Golding and all that. And I thought this was a program game for Ole Miss, and it, I mean, it still was. Um, Ole Miss just wasn't quite ready for prime time. Alabama is in Lane Kiffin's head, and whenever you have that situation, Ole Miss probably isn't beating the Alabama team no matter who's on the field. The keys to the victory in the game is do not get beat by the helmet and reputation. That absolutely happened. Offensively, Ole Miss came out and got cute. They did things that they don't normally do. They thought they had to be special to win the game, um, and they ended up getting shut down. Their lowest output in Lane Kiffin's tenure at Ole Miss happened Saturday. Jackson Dart needed to rise to meet his biggest challenge yet. He did not. He was okay. He did force that one pass that wobbly duck that kind of slipped out of his hand, Alabama picked it off, and that was part of the click, wake up the four- and five-star players, and all of a sudden Alabama started playing like four- and five-star players. And don't let Milrow and Buckner or whoever gets comfortable. Milrow, um got comfortable after that interception. The first half, he was not comfortable at all. It, 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 an interesting situation happened with Ole Miss, but those were the what to watch for is what the keys, and you can see that Ole Miss did not win or accomplish two or three of both of those, and it's an interesting situation. We're going to talk about the player that really stood out for Ole Miss because there is a bright spot of this game. We're going to talk about what this game means in the grand scheme of things, which honestly is not much. Losing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama to Alabama historically does not mean a lot. I think the way Ole Miss played in that first half is the reason that everybody was so mad because they knew it. They saw it. Everybody could see that Ole Miss was better in that first half. Ole Miss looked like they were going to boat race that game. That game looked like it was going to be a 27 to six type ball game, but Ole Miss could not capitalize offensively. That allowed Alabama to stay in the game. Ole Miss kind of played with their food. Alabama woke up and those superior athletes started playing like superior athletes. The play calling for Ole Miss was atrocious. It it was it was a borderline disaster on play calling the the run pass option uh, or the run pass mix I should say was not very good they became they forced themselves to become one dimensional they forced Alabama to know where the ball was going to be what was the spot they did not move it around they did not roll the passer more than one time or so in the ball game everything had to go Jackson Dart had to go back six yards. That's where the ball was being released from. Alabama knew exactly where they needed to go. They didn't have to worry about the run. There was a couple of jet sweeps involved. But in total, the offense did not look like it was supposed to look. And this was because they were cute. This was because they were arrogant. This was because they think they could outsmart Nick Saban and the 400 coaches and analysts that are in Alabama. You're not going to outsmart that team. You're not going to outscheme that team. You almost have to for, – they force you to play them straight up. And he did a good job avoiding the trap that he had in 2021 where he was going for it over and over again, and that game was over in the first half. He did a good job about that. But the second half, whenever a little bit of pressure happened and Alabama kicked the field goal to go up 9-7 to seven in the ball game, and Ole Miss was still in it. They were driving the ball down the field. They had gotten a couple of first downs. They got over midfield and they got greedy and they forced a pass. Alabama picked it off. Um, They completed an explosive play, which I said all week that Ole Miss needed to avoid explosive pass plays by Jalen Milrow and both this field goal drive to start the second half. There was an explosive to um, Jermaine Burton and there was a long touchdown pass in there as well. Once that happened, that place erupted. You could feel the energy switch over. And you saw Alabama almost become Alabama. It was almost a moment where if anybody remembers He-Man, it was like whenever you, um, like by the power of Grayskull type situation, Alabama became that dude. That team that everybody was supposed to fear, almost allowed that to happen by playing with their food. And they did that through confidence, arrogance, shoddy play calling, all of that good stuff. Now, we have a phenomenon at Ole Miss when anytime the offense does not play well, which, you know, two or three times a year, it happens where it doesn't play well. It's Charlie Weiss's fault. But anytime the offense plays well, it's Lane Kiffin's credit. The reality is both coaches build the game plan. Both coaches have headsets. headsets both coaches have call sheets. Um, and every time they're audibling, Lane Kiffin is actually calling the play whenever we're looking at the sideline, whenever the play clock is getting down to two and three seconds, that is because it was a check with me. Lane Kiffin caught a good portion of that game. He just did. And if you look at those things, those are the negatives that happen. Now, like I said, Alabama has 78 four- and five-star players on their roster. There is no shame in losing to that team. There's The most talented roster potentially in the Southeastern Conference. Now they don't have a quarterback necessarily, but if you can't take advantage of that team and the quarterback does not make plays, which for whatever reason, the game plan that they had set up for Jackson Dart was not there. The first quarter, he looked fine. The script was fine. The second quarter, once they started calling the game and they they just the play calling felt like they couldn't get a feel for what Alabama was doing. And what Alabama was doing was um, whipping their butt at the offensive line and covering tight man coverage behind the defense. You needed some quick passes to the tight end. There was plays that the tight end was open. All of this stuff that Bill Flowers has been talking about for three weeks, it came up again. And those things would have been plays that won the game. With the way the first half went, Ole Miss should have been up 21, 24 to 6 in the first half. If this offense played to their potential, when it was 7-6, to six, we all knew that it was one slip away from letting Alabama back in the game. Everything was there to wake up Alabama. It wasn't about poking the bear. It wasn't about all the social media stuff, all of that. It was about almost playing with their food, Alabama figuring it out, and getting control of the game in the second half. That is what happened Saturday. It's not that Lane Kiffin is a bad coach. It's not that all of this has happened. It's not that Lane Kiffin can't win the big one. Although I do think after this one, Lane Kiffin is never beating Alabama. The other teams in the SEC, yeah, he'll probably beat them. He'll do fine with that. Against LSU, I feel pretty good. He's beaten LSU before. But he is not beating Nick Saban. We need to quit pretending that he is even going to do it because Nick Saban in Alabama is completely in that man's head. He coaches different. He acts different. All of that whenever he plays Alabama, that is because they're in their head. Plain and simple. I wish it wasn't the case, but it was. When we come back, we will tell you what is our player of the game for that because we have one, and he played a very, very good game. And before we get started, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right team for your team faster and for free. You know, they're in a situation where you're creating a LinkedIn profile. We're all familiar with how you create a LinkedIn profile. I use it. I've been getting stuff on LinkedIn for years at this point. But if you need to do it, create that profile and you can put a purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile and you can spread the word that you're actually hiring. It has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You know, hiring the right team member can help you as much as hiring the right football coach. If you hire the wrong football coach, you're going to be hiring another one in three years. It is important to get that hire right. And it's also difficult it's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. College football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On college YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On hosts covering their teams every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 to 1 Eastern on any college football YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All right. All right. So in the first segment, we just kind of look back at what happened, how our keys and what to watch for. It just didn't work out and why Alabama is in Lane Kiffin's head. But there is positives to be taken from this game. And Santarion Perkins is a positive that can be taken from this game. This young man had five tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. He was the designated spy when he was in against um, Jalen Milrow. He has the athleticism to bring him down. He is going to be a star in this game. And I am just blessed that I'm going to get to see a football game with Harold Perkins on one side and Sontarian Perkins on the other, because Sontarian, I guarantee you, is going to spy um, Jaden Daniels, just like he did Jalen Melrose. Now, Daniels is a good quarterback. He's looking pretty pretty great. But if you can make plays and kind of cut down the running and do things like that, and once we get into the keys of the game during the week, we'll get into all of that. But Centurion Perkins is a spy that we didn't necessarily have last season against LSU last season. They did a lot of stuff to where they just kind of dominated the game because they figured out in the run game with the way they could attack it. This year, they might have to throw the ball a little bit more. So if that happens, You know, once again, the secondary, the safeties come back into it. I told you before the season started, the position group that has me the most scared are the safeties, the extreme back end of the defense. Um, They'll come into play again. The front seven is going to have to do a fantastic job. And if Perkins can spy, that is something we can all look forward to as well. Now, Ole Miss in the polls this week, Ole Miss dropped to number 20 in both polls. Um, both the AP and the coaches, poll that's about where I'm going to put them if we're going to be honest in the locked on college poll, But that gives you an idea of what the national media thinks about going to Tuscaloosa and losing a game, even the way they did. It's one of those situations where you look at Alabama was a seven point favorite. It's one of two games on Ole Miss's schedule that they were an FPI underdog going into. And Ole Miss was like a 66% FPI underdog going into this game. If you look at the extenuating factors, all that said that Ole Miss had a difficult road to win this football game. What makes everybody so mad is the way it started out. And Ole Miss's inability to capitalize on those three possessions. Those three possessions in the middle eight minutes of the football game cost Ole Miss the football game. Dead serious about that. Defense played pretty well. Um, a, a little bit of bend, but don't break. But they they did enough. They did enough to win. If you hold Alabama to 350 yards total offense, you've done enough to win the game. Win the game, and they just didn't do it. They couldn't get out of their own way. They 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 were clumsy and clumsily looking at what they were doing. This this wasn't a game that Alabama beat Ole Miss. This is a game that Ole Miss couldn't beat Bama. And, you know, considering we're five years removed away from Bama beating Ole Miss back-to-back years like 66-7, to and that was with DK and AJ and those guys, um, Ole Miss is in a good place that losing to Alabama is not a moral victory. It isn't. They're, people are genuinely angry about the result of this football game. And that is unbelievably cool to sit. Um, but also, you're unbelievably angry about a disappointing result at Alabama with all those four- and five-star players. I think you need to keep it in perspective a little bit. We are all disappointed. I Be mad about the way Ole Miss played and the way it went down. Because Ole Miss completely choked away that football game. Absolutely. Offensively, that was not the team that we signed up for. That is not the team that we have donated our hard-earned money for. And that's the other thing on this, by the way. Um, After the game, on social media, was pretty shambolic when you have a situation to where a players and staff members are commenting with disgruntled fans online and that happens, that's a problem. You should never, ever engage a fan. I don't care what it means because if you are going to beg fans for their money and that's what college programs are doing right now, it's begging fans for their money. They get to comment and say what they want to say. This isn't just a shut up and support the team type deal anymore. What it was in 2015, what it was in 2005, that doesn't exist anymore. Whenever there's a financial investment, heck, I even donate to the Grove Collective. And I don't have to. I want to. But the moment that that becomes enjoyment preventative, I'm not going to. And whenever you fight with people online, you're ensuring that they're not going to. And that is a bad look. So no matter how they you feel, no matter what they say, do not comment to social media posts. It's just a bad look. And it also eliminates somebody that you're going to eventually ask for money. Don't do it. That, that, that's, a, that's a pretty terrible look. That's something that shouldn't happen. And Ole Miss, honestly, they played poorly. They kind of choked away that game, and they did that. But they did not do anything embar- as embarrassing as what happened in the um, social media that night. Honestly, dealing with former players and things like that—that that, that was not a good look um, for Ole Miss football. Ole Miss football is going to be fine. They they lost a the game they should have won. And then when you look back on it, Alabama is probably going to be a nine and three team. I think they are going to lose an SEC game or two, which means this game isn't disqualifying at all. But you need to not put so much into it. And the way that it reacted on social media that made me worry about the LSU game and whether or not Bama is going to beat LSU or Bama is going to beat Ole Miss twice, especially with a potentially better team coming into Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Interesting situation. Interesting situation. You have so much positive going on with almost football right now. The only thing that can really stunt your growth, your ascendancy, is yourself, your thoughts, your actions. That is going to be prohibitive in your growth. So, just my opinion. Hey, when we come back, we are going to talk about the week five lines for the SEC. Some really good games this weekend, and um, it should be fun to talk about as well. Anyway, I do want to let you know that this show is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, and now is time for your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Centarian Perkins, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Just like Centarian Perkins actually had a really amazing game with two and a half TFLs and two sacks. The true freshman will become a force in the SEC. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed that non-alcoholic beer game and they are becoming a force in that genre. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They got full flavor. They're well-crafted just like a full strength beer you can find athletic in store online and at bars around the country they are the fastest growing non alcoholic brewer in the us for a reason so get on board you can find athletic brewing company's non alcoholic brews at stores near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com first count time customers can use locked on that promo code locked on to get 15% off your first online order that's code locked on, L O C K E D O N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. That's all one word. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. The Rebels play the LSU Tigers Saturday at 5 Central. Will Lane Kiffin be able to bounce back from a disappointing effort at Alabama? Catch every play of the Rebels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on channel 191 or on the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. Now, interesting slate of games this week, and, and it's fun. This is This is one of the first all-conference game weeks of the season. I really look forward to the way that looks. You get the lower number of games. You get more stuff that you can look at, more stuff that's kind of interesting. But if you look at the games this week, it starts off with Florida at Kentucky. Um, Kentucky is favored by three points. Now, the joke back before Dan Mullen ruined it and then Kentucky started winning some games was that the Atlantic would defeat Florida before Kentucky would, which was one of my favorite jokes of all time. Um, But Kentucky has actually won a few of these Um, recently. They're favored by three points, and that line is going down, down, down. Florida is playing actually pretty well. Graham Mertz is playing well. They're doing a good job down there in Gainesville. And we're not ready to wake up the Steve Spurrier-Urban Meyer timeline. But Florida looks like they might be the third or fourth best team in the East. But it's something for us to keep an eye on as well. Texas A&M is favored by four points versus Arkansas. I say versus because it's in Arlington, Texas at Jerry World. This is a situation. Arkansas. They really gave um, LSU a run for their money over the weekend. Watched a good bit of that game. They looked fairly explosive. I do not like the Dan Enos offense. I'm not a fan of that. I think A&M has a chance to be actually sneaky good in the West this year. Um, I think those four points, that's not enough points in this situation. Um, But if you think about it, that Texas A&M bet, looks to be pretty good. Georgia's only favored by 17 at Auburn. Georgia does a decent job of playing with their food in year number one under Carson Beck. Uh, Auburn is not good. They play on defense. They play hard. um, But if you beat them at the line of scrimmage, they'll eventually wilt a little bit. This is a game that I expect Georgia to potentially even roll in. Um, something for us to keep an eye on. The, the, the Ron Roberts-Auburn defense plays pretty well, though. Missouri is favored by 10.5 at Vandy. That's not enough points. Uh, Vandy is not good this year. They dropped a game at UNLV. They lost at Wake Forest. And Kentucky just absolutely boat raced them. They're doing a decent job on the timeline of construction in that stadium. You can see it starting to come together. Um, and as they're building up those, those construction fronts, um, in that Vanderbilt Stadium. But 10.5 points by Missouri is not enough. Missouri might be the second-best team in that division. I want to see the Missouri-Kentucky game. That that may be for the second-best team in the West. Kentucky's got a good team, and that is without solid quarterback play. You have LSU favored by a point-and-a-half over Ole Miss um, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, 5 o'clock on Saturday Central. This is a relatively pick game. This gives you an idea of how Vegas sees what's going on. They see that Ole Miss is talented. I do worry that Ole Miss is going to let Alabama beat them twice, but if Ole Miss comes out and plays well and they're explosive and generally back-to-back bad games about against an opponent or back-to-back games in a season that are bad don't generally happen to the Ole Miss offense. So I expect Jackson Dart and the guys to um, bounce back in this game, I, I expect almost to ball, honestly. In this game, defensively, it might be a little bit of a problem, but I expect offensively you're going to see a different team and Vaughn Hemingway on the grass on Saturday. South Carolina is at Tennessee. Tennessee's favored by 10 and a half points. Um, it's a situation where South Carolina is not a particularly good team, but Tennessee's not a much better team. Um, they can be explosive, they have a really good scheme for scoring points against teams, um, but they do not have the quarterback at the moment, so it's kind of iffy. Spencer Rattler is playing really well. And the last game of the SEC slate, Alabama is favored by 16.5 points versus Mississippi State, or at Mississippi State, honestly. I should have put at Mississippi State. Um, this is the situation. Um, the worst team that Mississippi State is going to play this year was South Carolina. South Carolina wore that, won that game fairly easily. Um, I do not know where the wind's going to come from. One's probably going to come. It is going to come, but I, right, as of right now, I don't see them beating Kentucky. I don't see them beating Auburn. I don't see them beating Arkansas. I don't see them beating um, Alabama. I don't. I, I. I'm wondering where the win is coming from. They'll probably defeat Western Michigan. They'll beat. Um, potentially southern miss but they might not because the season has a chance to get sideways on them a little bit as well. So we'll see exactly how this season goes, but this this could be a rough year for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um Alabama, we'll see. Is it this is a situation. Is this is that second half going to get them on track or are they going to revert straight back to what they were doing? That that is the other question that we have to deal with as well. So should be interesting indeed. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Hey, tomorrow we get into the Keys versus LSU. Tonight we've got Dalen Flowers. Tomorrow we've got Pratt Rogers. Wednesday we've got Bill Flowers. We've got all the usuals. So all the perspectives that make this channel great, they're still going to be around. So check that out tomorrow. Keys versus LSU. Hottie Toddy.